Welcome in. Coming up in about 15 minutes, you're going to want to hear from Mike Clemens, who was in the locker room yesterday. And obviously, um, between the reaction of the players, the discussion after, the offensive ineptitude, a loss to a bad football team, and then a conversation about the coaching staff from a player who does not want it attributed to his name, uh, there's a lot to, to chew on. So you, you want to be here for this. Tell your neighbors, tell your friends, wake your kids, and uh, pet your dog because you want to be here and take a listen to it. Uh, we're going to talk about it coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, there was some stuff over on the live stream that I wanted to uh, address uh, because you guys, and girls for that matter, you, you throw a lot in there. Uh, and sometimes it it kind of goes undiscussed, and you kind of discuss it among yourselves, but some of this stuff is is gauged toward us. And um, I, I wanted to I wanted to get into this and said, uh, Ronald says, listening to most of the press making excuses for this team is really driving me crazy. Love has been there three years and if they still need to work on the basics with him what did the coaches actually teach him uh the last three years a light may go on for love but i don't think uh the wattage is too big and i think what people are saying um i i think what people are saying is that you do we've seen players in the past that have taken off. Somebody gave me the statistics. I think it was on like the diehard Packers fan group or something like that that said, would you take this, uh, to, you know, two wins or five wins and, you know, 12 losses or whatever, whatever it was, or you know. And they went through this whole diatribe and said, well, that was Peyton Manning's numbers. Okay, my question is, do you think you've got Peyton Manning sitting here right now on this field of play? Well, no. Well, of course not. You know, you compare him to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers' numbers. No, of course not. But what I remember is talking to Charles Woodson, talking to Tremont Williams, talking to Nick Collins, talking to those guys as they were the ones that were starters on the defensive side of the football and Aaron Rodgers was running the scout team, and they're like, holy crap, is this guy good. I mean, there was there was whispers – for a while about Aaron Rodgers from within that building that, man, this guy's really good. It isn't whether or not he was likable. It's really good. Everybody likes Jordan Love. Nobody's nobody's dissing Jordan Love, you know. But they knew. You could see it. The press could see it. Ted Thompson could see it. Everybody could see it. This guy was good. Peyton Manning. Came in his rookie year. He wasn't sitting behind anybody. This guy had a downfield power pass, man. He could laser one downfield. And did it all work out at first? No. He took chances. He learned from his life. But, man, that guy could light it up. Right? Do you see any of those aesthetics that Manning or Rodgers or anybody else brings to the table in Jordan Love? then stop with the comparisons. Then stop. Because I said in the very beginning, statistics, for the most part, aren't going to mean a whole lot to me. It's going to be about the eyeball test. 
You know it and I know it. So stop with the BS excuses because part of it is hope. Part of it is hope. You hope that he gets better. You hope that he's the guy. You hope that he could be a Hall of Famer. You hope that your team goes to the the postseason. You hope that you win another Super Bowl. That's where your hope lies. But at some point, reality has to punch you in the face or later on down the road, it's going to kick in the balls and it'll hurt even worse. It just does. Uh, Kyle says, how many other NFL teams do you feel that love would start on right now? Maybe two. Two or three. And that's just mixing and matching. That's not like he's this dramatic upgrade over what it is they have. You know? Um... The ability of any quarterback coming into the National Football League, your ability, your physical attributes get you there. You may not have a a deep ball the way Peyton Manning and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady threw it, but you're still, you know, you're still, you're still there. You still have got that ability. But the rest of it, it's between the ears, man. It's between the ears. You either have it or you don't. And sometimes you can be taught, sometimes you can't. But it's between the ears. Um, there was one here said, uh, many of you thought this was going to be a playoff team, and I said it wasn't going to be, and I told you so. So first of all, let me say this. I have never said, nor do I know about any other media member that ever said it was a playoff team. I said at the beginning of the season, seven wins. That's not a playoff team. I said, could they win a few more games after what we saw after the first couple of weeks? Yeah, they could. Maybe they find themselves at nine wins and suddenly maybe backing in as a wild card or something. But beyond that, I never expected this team to be much better than that. Just didn't. Just didn't. Um, What I said was, and I'll stand by this from day one, I said that I wanted to see Jordan Love get better as a quarterback throughout the season. I wanted to see him become more accurate throughout the season and a better quarterback. Have we seen that? Have we seen that? If anything, it's regressed. So that's where my disappointment comes in. That's where my my concern comes in is it's not getting better. Will says, look at Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is by far a better passer. You, You go back and watch Trevor Lawrence. Go back and watch him in the game with Clemson. Then watch watch what he did and how he tried to perform the year prior under Urban Meyer and then what he's done under Doug Peterson. Part of it, could it be coaching? Absolutely. I'm not going to discount that. But look at him. Come on. Stop throwing this out there. Look at his arm. Look at his capability. Crossed feet, still flinging it down the field 30 yards and a laser. Come on. How many times have we seen Jordan Love throw a pass and it floats? Stop. Stop. 
877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. But stop with the crazy comparison, seriously. Statistically, you can make anything work. I agree. But the eyeball test, if you really believe that, then put your money on it. Put your money where your mouth is. I'd be happy to take your money. Put your money where your mouth is. Uh, This one's from uh, uh, Christian. Christian says, hey, Bill. The season we are not making the playoffs would be surprised if we did. Maybe it will be a whole season to learn to grow and what we're going to find out all together, whether or not we like the results and the outcomes of the games as we all go along. And hopefully the proof of learning and growing together will help this team in the future. It is yet to be determined, and we'll figure it out together. But as one quarterback on the field, not sure about off-the-field stuff so much, told us it's time to R-E-L-A-X. Oh, my God, Christian, don't use that. Don't use that. You can relax all you want. I said seven wins, so I'm relaxed anyway. Like I said, what makes me mad is the regression, not the progression. You know? Mike says, so we talk, uh, all the talk is the wide receivers are running bad routes, namely Watson and Dobbs. They are in year two of the system. All we heard about during camp was the chemistry with Love and Dobbs. Where's that now? And what's the main reason as to why these two, even Torre, seem to have regressed? Uh, maybe 12 was on to something with throwing to Cobb and Lazard, although he seemed to help uh, those three players a lot better. What did he do? What we do now is we're seeing LaFleur's true offense. Uh, your thoughts, Mike? Uh, I said at the beginning of the show there's a reason Matt LaFleur didn't want to call Matt LaFleur's offense because this offense sucks. I wouldn't want my name attached to it at this point. I'll tell you that. Kevin says, good afternoon. Maybe Love needs to take a page out of the Rodgers book and start getting on receivers. You really don't see him even talking to them between the possessions. Uh, He really needs to step up and be a leader. He is the quarterback of this team. Do you think there is going to be a chance that maybe they think about Sean Clifford? That's from Kevin. Um, No, I really don't. I think Sean Clifford is the proverbial backup until he's not. Uh, They are trying to do anything and everything they possibly can to see everything there is about Jordan Love. To see about Jordan Love. Um, since the first three games of the season, really the first two, but at least the moxie win coming back against New Orleans after Derek Carr went down, maybe you know, maybe that, that showed everybody something. But when you can't hit easy patterns, when you're throwing the ball behind and overthrowing and underthrowing guys, it's hard to go yell at guys. When you're accurate, when you know it, when you get it, when you understand it, when you know exactly where they're supposed to be, when you're the the guy walking to the line of scrimmage with all the knowledge and they're running the wrong route and you're the one to tell them, that's one thing. But when you've had some bad calls, you've had some missed throws, you've had underthrown and overthrown balls, I don't know how you can go and scream and get in the face of anybody. You can be a leader. You can certainly try to buoy their spirits and be a be – a, Uh, and in-your-face kind of guy in that manner. But I go back to Mike Daniels. Mike Daniels was a guy who carried himself as a badass. Mike Daniels was verbose. He was outspoken. He was a screamer and yeller. He got in guys' faces, but he didn't walk the walk. I mean, he was an average defensive tackle, maybe a little above average, but he didn't walk the walk. How do you go and scream at a guy when you're getting blown five yards downfield? consistently you know 
He was good. He wasn't great. And you need somebody. In, you know who needs to do that is Aaron Jones. But that's not in his makeup. It would be out of his makeup to do something like that. You know? Uh, our buddy Rich. Rich has been gone a while, but I uh, worked with Rich years ago. He says, great show today. You're watching it via YouTube. Uh, toughest thing for Packers fan right right now is to be patient. We're only six games in. Jordan Love is not being uh, consistent, and the coaches need to improve to make the necessary adjustment. Time's going to tell if they can even get this system correct. The defense certainly keeping the t- uh, keeping the team in games, but the offense has to get better. And uh, it has been 17 years since my buddy Rich Bakken produced my show. 17 years. Rich, I hope you're doing well, man. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I got one more here for you. Uh, Nicholas says, I'm not excusing Love or LaFleur, but what more are you realistically wanting to go with little to no run game? Offensive line is terrible, which they're not. We've already talked about that. And you have receivers running the wrong routes. That we we did talk about. Uh, Don't take it. Don't take it has a pass on Love. Don't take it as a pass on Love, I guess is what he's trying to say. But how's everybody else doing? Um... I think you're right to a certain extent. You can't take it all out on love, and I said that at the beginning of the program. I agree. But they're able to run the football, and I think we're clearly seeing how much they miss Aaron Jones. I still, I know Pete, Pete Doherty said they want, in warm weather and high altitude, they wanted to kind of break him in slow. I Man, it's just, it is so mind-boggling, the difference in philosophy, because, you know, again, I hate to bring up Mike McCarthy, but Mike McCarthy was like, if you're eligible to play, you're playing. If you get gassed on a play or two and you need to come out, you can come out. But if you're going to play, you're going to play. You're not going to take up a roster spot only to be there 20% or 30% of the time. You can't do that. So I'm kind of like, why would you do that? I certainly hope that Aaron Jones is back next week against the Vikings and running strong at Lambeau Field. Or that, could, that could get ugly in a hurry, hurry again if this team can't score. All right, let's do this. Uh, we're going to take a break because we got Mike Clemens coming up. You want to be here for this. The next three segments of the program as we close it out, Mike Clemens, we're going to talk with him about to the locker room, about the game, what's been said in the locker room, all of that upcoming for sure. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Nice Ash. If you're looking for a place to go tonight to watch the game as the Vikings take on the 49ers, uh, you can head down to the nice ash, uh, grab one of those big, comfortable chairs up front, a beverage, sit back, relax, and watch the game. Enjoy yourself tonight. They got some poker there tonight as well, but enjoy the, yourself tonight. If you smoke cigars, great. Hookah's great. Or not, you're fine with that. That's theniceash.com, theniceash.com. 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Entertainment on the weekends, all different flavors. Hookah's a big, huge walk-in humidor. Great place. And, again, that's theniceash.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. 
Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers on 1031 in a hole and give credit to Denver. They did enough to, to win, but, you know, it's disappointing to have no points at, at the half. I've said it before, I think any time you hold somebody under 20 points in this league, I think we got to do enough to win from an offensive standpoint, and we obviously aren't. It's just way too fragmented. Good to have you back. Way too fragmented. That's uh, putting it mildly at this point. Mike Clem is going to be joining us and uh, brought to you, as always, by the Bay Motel, Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, and a terrific place to stay. And don't forget, as well, that they have the Bay Family Restaurant, and they're cooking it up uh, seven days a week with home-style with home cooking. That's the Bay Motel, Green Bay.com, and the Bay Family Restaurant, Bay Motel, Green Bay.com. Go to Bay Motel, Green Bay.com. That is Bay Motel, Green Bay. .com. We bring him in now, our uh, guy, Mike Clemens, standing by. And, Mike, um, you know, this was a game in which I really kind of anticipated and was anxious for because I wanted to see what two weeks off self-scouting, building confidence, game plans, offensive, you know, work going in to get this thing straight. I really wanted to see the culmination of all of that. And it was just as bad, if not worse, than it was in Las Vegas. So I, I'm like, man, I you talk about a disappointing loss on so many different levels yesterday, you know? Yeah, Bill, and something that uh, was beginning to bother me late in the week, and you hate to do this when you're watching a practice, when you're hanging out in a locker room of a professional team, is to try and pick up too much on, on a vibe. But then one of the players actually said that late Friday afternoon. It's like, I'm tired of this place being kind of sad all the time. And you hear the younger players, the rookies, maybe off on the auxiliary locker room playing and joking around and slapping each other and that kind of thing. But there still was something – just in the interviews, particularly with the veterans, it was a little bit off. And I just think that now they're going to this desperate team with two veterans like Sean Payton as a coach and with Russell Wilson. And, he, and Russell Wilson is seven, is 6 and 17 in his time through two coaches in Denver. This dude needed such a win. You get to the stadium, it's just, it's just gorgeous in Denver. Not a cloud in the sky, the mountains, the stadium. Lots of Packer fans, lots of Bronco fans tailgating. I put a bunch of pictures up. Such a perfect atmosphere to play a football game in. And Russell Wilson ends up pulling out the win. The uh, the, the Russell Wilson, Mike, when you talk about that side of the, uh, the, the the ball, so to speak, this was a game for them. If we had, we had Eric Goodman on earlier in the week, they didn't even really want to see the, the Denver Broncos get a win because this thing is such a mess in, in Bronco land. So, I mean, for them to come out and actually put a drive together, put some points up, I mean, the Packers' defense have played well enough to win. But this was uh, maybe kind of a, I don't want to say a get-right game for them as well, but at least it seems like they, in, in some way, shape, or form, figured out a way to put the train back on the tracks as well, you know? Yeah, the Broncos come out with a, a solid running game. And 
They're running between the tackles, but they're they're getting some yardage. They ran four running plays, one yard, 15 yards, seven yard gain. Um, Javante Williams, uh, you know, I was having some some big gains in there, and then some short passes, and they moved the ball down the field. Looked like they were going to actually look like they had scored a touchdown, but they got a holding call, which is like a typical Broncos thing that's been plaguing them so far this season. Had to end up settling for the field goal. The Packers come out, and they're running the ball, except, you know, Aaron Jones, it's just his first game back. He's probably going to be a little rusty. And instead of getting seven or eight yards, instead of getting first downs, he's getting three or four yards. They're trying to, they, and then they, the plan, it's like, okay, here's Aaron Jones for two or three runs, and then we try and pass to Luke Musgrave. And here's Aaron Jones for a couple of more carries, and here comes A.J. Dillon. Oh, well, guess what he's going to do? He's going to pass protect. And we'll try and throw to Luke Musgrave. Packers mm-hmm. end up only getting one first down in the first quarter. So I talked to Aaron Jones about this after the game because I'm, I'm wondering if there's something about with the young guys on the perimeter and, and the rotations they've had to have because of injury or whatever on the offensive line, you know, if, if there's the, these guys are playing cautious rather than, you know, just going out there and playing. So here's what Aaron Jones had to say after the game. Uh, as you see in the second half, we, I, I feel like we picked up some confidence, got things rolling, and uh, you can you can see it out there, guys having fun and just enjoying being out there, uh, not pressing. I feel like in the first half we weren't moving the ball, putting points on the board, guys were pressing. Um, so I feel like it gives them a sense of confidence and then uh, keeps our defense off the field for so long. Um, so when they do, got to make a stop, they can get that stop. They are present, huh? Because, I mean, you know, you're getting those uh, carries early in the game and you're making gains, but you only got one first down in the first quarter. Yes, sir. And we, I mean, uh, we, we did stick to it. Um, changed up a few things, but we did stick with it and it eventually started going our way. Uh, and, you know, when we get those opportunities, we just got to make the most of them, really. This team, Mike, uh, has now lost three straight. The offense in the first half of these games has been horrifically inept. Uh, the defense has played well enough to win, and you kind of wonder where that frustration level lies inside the walls of 1265 now. Yeah, and I would like to mention, you know, you and I were talking about what could the offense have done more of against the Raiders, and we talked about do more things to establish the run game. Why have you had Emmanuel Wilson riding on the bench and – LaFleur was asked about it last week. He goes, well, we're not quite sure where he is at pass protection. It's like some point, like, hey, dude, you've got to get this guy in the field to rotate in there with Aaron, with, uh, Aaron Jones. And A.J. Dillon, I thought he even had a better game. He had one 15-yard run, made a nice catch late in the game. And so I asked A.J. Dillon, who had 15 carries and 61 yards in the game, so where do you guys, what's the mood right now, now that you've lost three in a row? Just sticking together, man. Just early in the season um you know we're never we've never been out of a game um which probably even you know kind of makes it even even you know nobody likes to lose i'm not saying that but you know when you have a chance when you're there and you go and look at film like these couple plays got us beat and so you know that's if you're looking for the silver lining that's something good to look on and be like all right we didn't play our best game we didn't play our best half we didn't play our best game and we're still in it we definitely not panicking so um yeah your catch over the middle, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a screen, in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and you, tra- you got that wide open field over the middle. Yeah. As I watch these plays, there just doesn't seem to be the feel of the timing, mm-hmm. you know, with the sink, but that was such perfect. I mean, Jordan was planted. Mm-hmm. He knew you were there. You're wide open. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to 
figure out how to get more of those. Just the feel of that rhythm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that wasn't you know designed <laughs> to really? to necessarily go that way. I mean, you know, obviously we're running the route that you know was called, but you know that's that's the thing, and that's what you know it's a great thing that you know. Like you said, Jordan was on his back foot and he was in rhythm. That's a great thing when you have a great leader like that at quarterback. You know, off schedule plays, you can step back, assess, all right, well, I got pressure coming. There's, uh, I don't have this option, so I'm going to just toss it down to my check down. And so he trusted me to, you know, go ahead and get the first down and broke a tackle and there's more space. And so um, it's great to have that relationship, you know, on the field where, hey, you know, I need. Jordan's like, hey, we need to, you know, something to happen. Dumps it down, and you know, you make plays happen. So there's a lot of guys um, throughout the team who are who are doing that, and that's what I'm talking about about sticking together. You know, late game situation, they come back, they go up again. Instead of panicking, we start to we try to make you know try to make plays, get a big chunk, and keep going from there. You know, Mike, uh, the one thing the defense played well. I mean, they did give up a drive at the end of the game, and that's disappointing. But the defense for the last few weeks has actually played well enough to win ball games. Toward the end, yeah. But you know, in the first quarter, Russell Wilson had the ball for ten of fifteen minutes of the quarter, and I was impressed with how they were consistent with their run game, and they took their shots. You know, they came out and they took that shot when they saw that Jair Alexander was inactive. They figured that Carrington Valentine was going to be out there. And then the third play of the game, they get a 30-yard chunk play to court, to, to Cortland uh, Sutton. A huge play, huge momentum builder at the early part of the game. And listen what Sean Payton said, what he was looking for against Joe Barry's defense. We felt like we were going to be able to do that. Um, we thought that was going to be important. It's, it's a really good front rushing the passer, and we just did not want to get in that game. So I was pleased that I thought the runners did a good job with it, and I thought when we look at the tape, we were in base for, when I say their base defense we wanted, and then we, we had a few nickel runs. But I thought that was, um, I thought that was important uh, relative to what we were doing on third down. Interesting. Wanted to keep, that, uh, wanted to keep running the football at the Joe Barry defense. He, he wanted kind of an indictment. Yeah, he wanted, he wanted the run defense out there. He didn't want to see anything about Rashawn Gary packages. He wanted the run defense because he, right. he could possess the game. Yeah, no doubt. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Mike Clemens on the air with us. Uh, Mike, like I mentioned, always brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Bay Motel, quiet, cozy, comfortable. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. More with Mike Clemens coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The all-new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you gotta see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, show me the money, to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Potawatomi, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Yeah, I mean, you can look at it, look back on it, and say you could have done so many different things. Um, you know, that's, that's part of the process of learning and growing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you check it down, you go for it on 4th and 12. Um, who knows what happens? You know, it's one of those things, what if? Welcome back, Bill Michaels Show. 
A couple of segments to go with our buddy Mike Clemens. I want to remind you, our st- friends at Stoley's Hog Alley, uh, all the way through November 17th, you can stop into either location, Stoley's Hog Alley or Stoll's Old 109. Either place, they got the Big Buck Challenge going on right now. Stop in, sign up with the bartender. Then once you tag a buck, come in, take that photo uh, outside of 109 and text a picture to the bartender. Scoring and points will be documented at this time, making sure that that photo is there and you tag them and then they're going to give away first, second and third place uh, prizes. Uh, But don't forget the last day to sign up for the big buck challenge is November 17th. It's a $10 entrance fee. And then you go from there and you get all kinds of cool stuff for first, second and third place. So that's from our friends at Stoley's hog alley and Stoles old one and on as they know hunting season is right around the corner, right around the corner. Mike Clemens joining us as we continue on. And so, Mike, now, you know, we kind of talked about yesterday and starting off slow, and you've got young guys, you've got wide receivers in first and second year and a quarterback with, you know, not a lot of experience, even though he's in his fourth year now. I mean, you know, I, I the, the whole thing, I mean, the, the, you know, throwing deep hasn't been there. It's like teams are daring them to throw over the middle. It's just there's got to be a level of frustration and almost like what are we doing right now in that offensive locker room? Well, you know, I I also read what listeners post like on social media. They're already writing off Jordan Love. I'm like, if you're watching this game, do you, would you rather be the Packers with Jordan Love or the mess that the Broncos are in with all those draft picks and players they gave to the Seahawks with 34-year-old Russell Wilson? I'll, right. I'll take the Jordan Love uh, scenario right now. So uh, you, you come into this game, and Jordan Love uh, talked about on going for it on for what ended up throwing that interception there. He was just talking about it there a second ago. So the game is this. It's, you, you know, you get into the second half, and Jordan uh, drives the ball down into, like, the four-yard line. He rolls out to his right. He throws that little rocket to Romeo Dobbs that bounces off his hands like a stone skipping on Turtle Creek and right into Jalen Reed's hands, and they get the touchdown. And now they got the lead. How about that? And now they had an Anders Carlson field goal miss earlier in the game, which turned out to that would have helped. That could have made the difference in this game. But then the veteran, Russell Wilson, and his offense, they take over, and they hang on to the ball for six minutes, over six minutes, 76 yards. They end up selling for a field goal to go ahead. So now Jordan gets the ball back, and he makes that terrific pass to A.J. Dillon and I talked about that picked up 29 yards across the 50 and was actually getting him into field goal range. Now they got a chance to get with a winning field goal with about uh, three, four minutes left to play in the game. And instead, you got the stupid penalty. I think it was uh, Elton Jenkins. And you, you now you're facing yeah. a third and 20, a third and 20. Now on that play that where they ended up getting uh, the P.J. Locke interception, was A.J. Dillon open? Uh, and is the short guy because that's what I thought yeah. I saw during the play. There was a lot well, of guys, I, there was a couple of guys open up over the middle in the short play, and instead they ended up throwing deep. Yeah. So and instead, uh, Aaron takes a shot at Samari Torre downfield about thirty forty yards, kind of a go for it. And I talked to Samari about that play intercepted by PJ Locke and the love deep pass that was headed his way. I mean, it's really it's really just a read. Uh, I don't feel like it's, it's any primary receiver on that. number. The one closest to the line of scrimmage ran like a 10-yard deep set. I ran just a tornado route, which is just straight up across the field, and then we had a 20-yard in route from the outside. So it's really just a progression. You know, I feel like he probably liked what he saw because 
you know, from my perspective, it was one-on-one, and 31's back was facing the quarterback, so I threw him by and was ready to catch it, but six, six flew in from I don't know where and just picked it off. Yeah, when the ball was in the air, you probably thought, I, I got a shot at this. Oh, yeah, I was like, I'm catching this for sure just because, you know, we love it when the DB's back is facing the quarterback, you know, so I just kind of threw him by and, and seen the ball coming, and then, you know, six came in. You know, Mike, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if it was the right read or not, but I know even if the you know, even if he was wide open, this, the, the pass still fell woefully short, you know, and, and ends up getting picked off. And then for the second time in as many games, we see the end of a, a game come down to Jordan Love getting picked off. And it's, it's frustrating because the downfield pass just simply has not been there. Even though they want to take shots and they want to go downfield more, the downfield shot just simply has not been able to connect. And not only picked off for the second time, picked off by a rookie defensive back, a rookie right. safety this time. And P.J. Locke for the Broncos, who'd actually kind of blown a game for them earlier in the year with a 10-man-on-the-field kind of a situation. And Sean Payton was asked about how this rookie ended up, you know, clutching, the, getting getting the dagger for Denver. His first interception in the NFL. Um, was excited for him. Um, it was a big play, obviously, and... Uh, you know, at that point, it was good to see him get on a knee. Uh, if he kept running, I might have tackled him. But <laughs> Okay. Uh, look, uh, the Denver Broncos and what they're doing, Mike, is not good, and we all know that. That's why this game, to me, was so important. And the fact that you've got a rookie in P.J. Locke getting that first interception on Jordan Love to basically seal the deal and seal the fate of a game and, you know, then you've got, you know, their defense able to kind of tee off a little bit, even though Jackson, this is the second or third time. Second time Jackson's been ejected. He's got 89,000 in fines. He takes out Luke Musgrave, one of their better wide receiver options, so to speak. I mean, it just, it was a myriad of issues yesterday. Yeah. And I mean, PJ Locke wasn't supposed to be in the field because well, who should have been there was the safety Kareem Jackson, who, you know, drilled his helmet into Luke Musgrave. By the way, here's the quick injury report. Luke Musgrave left the game with an ankle injury. Christian Watson left the game at the end of the game with an injury. Uh, let's see, Jair Alexander, he's been dealing with a back injury for several weeks, inactive. Eric Stokes, trying to make his first play in his first game in nearly a year come back from that severe knee and ankle injury he suffered at Ford Field. He left the game with a hamstring injury. And I started asking some of these guys, you know, uh, in the locker room about, okay, I know you always talk about next man up, but, I mean, come on. You know, you don't have the depth on defense, and you've got all the young guys on offense. How do you, how do you win games when three or four of your perimeter guys are, are not there? And in the meantime, uh, Sean Payton was asked about that hit helmet hit where, where his safety, Kareem Jackson, got ejected from the game after he drilled it into Musgrave, and that's what P, why P.J. Locke got in the game. I think it's difficult sometimes. Um, the officials are trying to make these calls. Sometimes it's a little bit easier to see and replay. Um, I think one of the challenges for Kareem is he's got some priors, you know? And so when you get pulled over and, and you've had four or five speeding violations, you're going to spend a little bit more time on the side of the road if you, if you didn't have any. And, and I think that um, I wasn't surprised. Um, I haven't seen a real clean shot of it, but, um, you know, we just got to keep finding ways to, to, to keep the head out of the, the, the main part of the hit and uh, and he's smart you know and he's someone that wants to do the right thing so we'll work on that 
You know, uh, Mike, uh, there was a guy named Perfect who used to play for Cincinnati, and he was a guy that was always out there headhunting. And finally, he had so many penalties and so many fines, they just couldn't keep him anymore because he was just more problem than he, what he was worth. Jackson seems to be heading down that same path. Was that Vontaze Perfect? I mean, he was crazy the way yeah. he just drilled into guys. And I think yeah. Abdul Hodge, who the Packers had brought on, he played for – I mean, that's the kinds of guys that they were bringing in during that period with the Bengals. Um I'm going to skip ahead to this reaction from Keyshawn Nixon, who's a player who's trying to, you know, play his heart out, you know, at the, at the nickel. I'll tell you one big play that we're all going to overlook is Preston Smith on that uh, final drive there by the Broncos. I keep on wanting to say Seahawks when I vision Russell Wilson. Right. Uh, it was a, it was like a, a, a third and one or something. And they were driving and, uh, the field opened up in the middle, and here goes Russell Wilson running right up the middle. And outside linebacker Preston Smith closes and pulls down Russell with one left arm. If Russell had not been stopped by Preston Smith, he could have run in for a touchdown. Instead, they had to set up for what turned out to be the winning field goal, but he missed those things. But the frustration is deep with these, particularly these veteran players. And you talked to like Keyshawn Nixon about he just lost three straight games, man. Um, everybody tired of losing. I mean, I don't think nobody wants to lose. Uh, you got to figure this shit out. Does it feel like you're right there and it's just one or two plays, or are you starting to get off? Uh, I think we're right there. We got to win the game. We got to finish as a team. Now, Mike, I know last night when you uh, came on, you were talking about uh, going over to Rasul Douglas and talking about some of the things that are being said inside that uh, locker room right now. and. And obviously the, the defense is, you know, trying to help out an offense that seems to be relatively inept, especially early on in ball games. And Rasul Douglas doesn't seem like he's happy about all any of this at all. No, you know, because the defense is, look, we've taken the blame. We'll take the blame for the Lions loss, but they're going to be talking about our guy, Joe Barry, and the defense. And I mean, it was, it was six to nothing, you know, at the half. We're holding these guys under 17 points. Uh, he talked to Jordan Love. Jordan Love came to him with some questions in the locker room when they finally opened the door to let us see those guys. But so Rasul Douglas had a big gathering in media and said, you know, are you guys getting upset that your offense isn't making progress? Honestly, bro, like I said every week, always self-critical of us in the defense. I never care about what the offense do because they do whatever the hell they want to do. But as much bad as they played the first half, we was up one point in the fourth quarter with like, Six, seven minutes to go. We got to get off the field, bro. Like, everybody can say what they want to say around here, but we got to get off the field, bro. Like, they played terrible. Cool. Gave us a chance up one. I get off the grass. Like, I feel like every third down in the second half, we got a penalty. And gave them first down. They didn't get no first downs. Like, holding, holding, oh, holding. I'm like, bro, what? So, I blame the defense. Like, I always do. It's always on us. We don't want to put the ball in the oh, offensive hand to be able to. To win or lose a game, like it's supposed to be on us. But that's what we got to do. And they gave us a chance, you know what I'm saying? Up one, and we ain't got the grass. We be holding the three, but could have held the zero. You know what I mean? A punt. So he uh, takes it hard. They had an opportunity, and instead they had a, a bunch of penalties, and he's upset about it. And I completely get it. And I, I guess you know, Mike. Uh, you know, you ask about what bothers him so much. You know, when it comes to all of that, when the defense has played it, it good enough to win games. Yeah, and I was asking questions about, you know, can you really be expected to play at that level 
when you've got uh, these kinds of injuries, even on your defensive secondary, the guys that you've missed. You know, you haven't had Devondre Campbell. He's supposed to be a lead dog out there with the radio helmet on, and he hasn't played, you know, since last year, it seems like. Those kinds of things. And I'm also thinking about, you know, the plan. Are you, did, did you guys have a good defensive plan? And the one player said to me and a couple of others, um, he said, you know, we had a plan that we worked on all week, like plan A. And we get to halftime, and Joe comes from upstairs. Joe Barry talks to us, starts making changes for the second half. Some were like, what? Well, why are we doing that? I mean, it was 6 nothing at halftime. Why would you change? And he goes back upstairs. And there's like no rah-rah. There's no emotional connection. Just, hey, plan A worked. Now let's ch- change it up a little bit. Have him guessing. Here's plan B. Okay, good luck, boys. And he goes back up in the box. So you say to Rasul Douglas, so now you've lost three in a row. Where are you at? Honestly, bro, like. You said you're sick of seeing the locker room sad. Do you feel like people guys. are so sad? Or no, I'm sick of seeing they're... y'all come no, in here. This week you said you're uh, sick of seeing the locker room sad. Do you feel like everyone's still sad or are they yeah, mad? Everybody, or are they mad? Yeah, like they mad. They mad. But we just we just lost a dipper. Not not saying that they terrible, but. Come on, we got. We're supposed to win, man. We gotta win, and it's just hard for us to win. So, whatever we gotta do to change that, I think that's what we gotta do. Thank you, guys. Uh, let's do this. We're gonna step away. We're gonna take a quick break and come back, and uh, we'll talk more with Mike Clemens uh, as we're uh, wrapping things up on the Bill Michael Show. But some interesting stuff coming out of that locker room. We want to get back into when we return. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show final segment coming up after. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 10-31-2023. It's a great team effort across the board. I thought the offense was amazing game today. They were great in the run game. I thought our backs were great. I thought our defense was unbelievable. They came up with some huge shoot stops. They can get better every play. Better and better every week, and that's what you want. You want to keep rising, keep believing, just to win in front of our fans and you know, the Broncos country and just be able to get it done was really special. Broncos country coming from Russell Wilson. Um, Packers lose yesterday, 1917, and now you just kind of wonder how things are going to be uh, as the Vikings get ready to come a call in on Sunday, Mike. And this was a team in the Broncos that uh, they almost again gave up a lead and lost a game after having it going into the second quarter or second half. 
Yeah, Bill, you had this great stat on the postgame show last night. And had the Packers prevailed and won this game, it would have been like the 11th time that the Broncos had to leave the half and then let it slip away. And I had gone over to the Broncos press conference, and Sean Payton was asked about that. Halftime leads, only three of those. Who? Your team, the Broncos, had had 10 straight halftime leads. Blown well, my team three this blown year. 10 straight. Right, the, your, three this year, but how much does well, it You said mean? your team. Uh, so bro- let's start and the, say the, the Denver Broncos, Broncos had, historically. Yeah, yeah. Broncos I don't historically. pay attention to that. Had blown that. I don't pay attention to it. How much does it mean? I don't to, pay attention to it. To, no, to see you get over the hump in the second half. It wasn't our hump. Like. It wasn't our hump. I'm, I'm saying that respectfully. I, it wasn't our hump. Um, we're trying to win. Pat mentioned it to me, and I thought it was one of these, like, all right, what next? I mean, Meaning, in New Orleans, you know, we hadn't won a playoff game on the road. Or, you know, all the – it's like, you know, the good teams don't have those issues. The teams that aren't as good have halftime, whatever. Um, but that – that's that's – it's not your team would not be the right word for it. So, with um, anything else, Coach, well, to, despite the win, you definitely seem to have some frustrations here, and I'm I'm curious how you. Look, we're never happy. You know, we we work hard. We want it. We want to see our guys play well. I'm happy we won. I am. Um, I think I was a little happier before I came in here. Well, he's not the most pleasant of character uh, and has a right to be because he's been under scrutiny. But uh, the majority of those guys that were in that locker room, Coach, were there last year. So it is their number. It is their statistic. So it may not be his, but it's certainly theirs. Uh, Sean Payton just continues to be a jag when he doesn't have the credibility right now to back it up. You know what I mean, Mike? And as for the Packers, I've got one question. Name one, like, new player or rookie, one from last year who's improving because to yeah. me the christian watch and musgrave that that's this class they're all regressing after three losses right and uh, we'll talk about that coming up tomorrow great stuff as always mike thank you bill talk to you soon there you go that's going to do it tomorrow's program is with the young guys are on this team who's gotten better think about it 20 hours from now, we'll begin to discuss. Time for us to go. Have a go. Woo!